checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Well, great to see you. Okay, it is Christmas, so uh, wait for it. There we go, okay. How exciting is that? Uh, what more could you want? We normally have a big tree, but I thought this would have to do today. And uh, it's great to see some of you back uh, for the first time since probably March. Who's here for the first time since March? Yeah, okay, great to see you guys. First time ever, <laughs> great to see you, great to see you. Hopefully it'll be a warm welcome and hopefully you'll enjoy your time with us. It is a bit different, you know, but it's better than nothing, you know, and it's great. So uh, we've been doing a series on Isaiah chapter 9 and verses 1 to 7. We started last week with the beginning and the book of Isaiah was written about 700 years before Jesus so it was written 700 years before Jesus walked on earth. And obviously as we approach Christmas, we think, see the lights. There's the lights. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And so obviously this isn't, this isn't a great light. It's just a bit of a joke really, isn't it? But uh, anyway, but I want to start today by talking about Ron Seal. Uh, you've heard of Ron Seal? Yeah? Okay. It's not a person. He's not called Ron Seal. Um, that would be a bit of a fishy name, wouldn't it? But he's a... Uh, why would, why would I start talking on a Sunday morning about Ron Seal? Well, because Ron Seal saw their brand... Oh, Chris, shh, spoiling me, okay? I'll ask you that in a minute. Ron Seal saw their brand become the leading brand of their type all because of one thing. In the world of Woodstain, they are a massive deal, yeah? Is there anyone interested in the world of Woodstain? No? You could probably use it as fake tan if you're not sure, but anyway. Um, but why and how did it happen? How did they become so big? Well, in 1994, they wanted an advert that was honest and transparent and promised what they would deliver. They wanted it to be honest, transparent, and promised what they would deliver. The advert featured a slogan that has become part of everyday language. It's actually in the Oxford Dictionary of Idioms. It actually features in the Oxford Dictionary of Idioms. What was the phrase, Chris? It does exactly what it says on the tin. Ron Seal does exactly what it says on the tin. What, Seal Ron? No, it's quick drying wood phrase, wood phrase, wood stain. It does exactly what it says on the tin. And I want you to keep that in mind as we look at He Shall Be Called in this Christmas time, in this Advent time. It will go into the new year. And I'm thinking actually of extending our look at Isaiah into the new year anyway, because there's so many amazing bits that promise Jesus. And it does exactly what it says on the tin. They wanted something that delivered on a promise. And actually Jesus delivers on the promise of Isaiah. Jesus delivers on that promise that was made 700 years before it happened. It promised hope to a people in crisis. Maybe you feel in crisis today. Maybe you feel that you're struggling. Isaiah promised hope to people in struggle. Jesus promises hope 
to people who struggle. Last week, we shared how the light was coming to shine in a dark world. And there's no arguing, is there? Our world can be pretty bleak. It can be pretty dark. It can be pretty gloomy. And then it comes to who this promised light is. I'm going to read two verses, or actually, I'm going to read one verse. So it's not a lot. I believe the Bible tells us we should remember stuff because then we can recall it and then we can know it's truth. So Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 makes an incredibly good memory verse. A lot of people say, I can't read my Bible. I don't get it. I struggle with it. So do I sometimes. There's some passages that are just like, poof. But actually, Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 does exactly what it says on the tin. It's the Ron Seal of Bible verses. It says this, For to us a child is born. We can all remember that bit, can't we? For us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. He will bear responsibility. Then it goes on to say this. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Over the coming weeks, we're going to look at those names. He will be called all those things. Jesus fulfills that promise. It does exactly what it says on the tin. In the King James Version of the Bible, it has a comma between the words. That's wrong. Because actually there is a duality about these words. Let's look at the names. Names are so important, aren't they? I asked before, what's your name mean? My name, Jonathan, okay, that's my Sunday name, means God's gracious gift. Well, well what can I say? Okay, if I don't live up to that name, I'm, I'm joking. You, know, you might know what your name means. My brother Philip is lover of horses, okay? Not, not quite as good a deal, is it? God's gracious gift, lover of horses. Maybe my daughter would think lover of horses is better because she's got a little pony. Um, but actually, yeah, lover of horses, God's gracious gift. You know what your name means. But Jesus was wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. These are the promised names. These are describing who he was and who he is. So let's look at those names. But before that, it says two things. It says, unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. That actually explains why there's two names of Jesus. I'd never realised this quite as, as much as I have recently. The whole verse is full of little couplets. You know, you might have seen couplets in poetry at school. You know, da 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 You know, the, the beginning of a limerick is a couplet, isn't it? And then there's a couplet in the middle, and then there's a line at the end to finish it off. So my favourite limerick is, let me be careful, um, there was a young man from, no, let me not do this one. There was a, there was a young man from Don Gaul who went to a fancy dress ball. There's a couplet, okay? They go together. He thought he would risk it, dressed up as a biscuit, a dog ate him up in the hall. There you go. So a couplet, a couplet, and another bit that goes with it. These verses contain couplets. They go together. They go together. A son, unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given. That's easy to remember, isn't it? Well, actually, that speaks of Jesus. He was born into a human family. A child is born. He was a baby, Yeah. He was a baby. We could go to the maternity ward at, at, at Furness General or whatever it's called these days. And actually, we'll see a baby that's born, born in a human way. But actually, Jesus wasn't just a child that was born into vulnerability, into humility, into poverty, really. 
but he was the son of God given to us. He was a child born humanly, but he was a son given divinely. Can we get our heads around that? He wasn't just a baby. He was a child that was born, and he was a son that was given. So as we look at these names of Jesus, we have to couple those, those names. We can't put commas in between them. It's wonderful counsellor. It, actually, that literally means a wonder of a counsellor. That's, that's the translation, a wonder of a counsellor. Not just he's wonderful and he's a counsellor. Isaiah shares what this Messiah will be like. He shares what this promise is and the Messiah does exactly what he says on the tin. He shares those things. The names do exactly that. Let's keep in mind those two things. Have you ever experienced something that words could not describe? No. Either you all sat there behind your mask going, yeah, Johnny, I have. But have you ever experienced something that words could not describe? Last year, no, was it last, was it last year? It was last year, wasn't it? Last year, I had the joy of standing at the very top of Niagara Falls. And it was like, it was on my bucket list. And whether I go there ever again, I don't know. But I could have stood there all day just watching water pour over a cliff. It sounds really, really boring. It's not very high. It's very, very wide. But actually, you stand there and every second there are hundreds of gallons of water pouring over a cliff. And it's just like, wow, takes your breath away. Maybe you've been to the Grand Canyon. I've never, anyone been to the Grand Canyon? No, no, no. Maybe at home you've been to the Grand Canyon. I believe that's another thing that goes, wow. Although my mum and dad were a bit disappointed. I don't know what they expected. But uh, it's a canyon in the ground and it's grand. There's, there's not much else to it, really. The word does exactly what it says on the tin, doesn't it, Chris? Yeah, it does exactly what it says on the tin. Well, Isaiah feels that one word isn't enough to describe who Jesus is. One word is not enough to describe what Jesus does and who he is. To describe the one who is coming. Remember, this is 700 years before Jesus. And yet it's talking into the situation. Some people have suggested that there are around about 256 names or words to describe who Jesus was in the Bible. Maybe you, you know, I've heard people say to Bobby before, you know, people have called him another name. And he says, well, I've been called worse. That's right, isn't it? Been called worse. You know, maybe you've been called a few names in your time, but I bet there's not 256 that describe you. I've shared before, I got called Gladys at school. I'm not going to go into details. I've done that before. I've been called all sorts of things. Fatty, oh, sympathy vote. Um, Baldy, you know, Jonathan, Johnny, John. Uh, I think I got called Jolly at Starbucks in uh, somewhere because they, were, they misheard my name. But I think that's quite a good name, isn't it, Jolly? That's quite, I think it sums me up. But anyway, but one of the names we see, one of the descriptions of Jesus we see is Wonderful Counselor. Let's look at those two things. Wonderful is really just quite incredible. It's a word that gets misused. Have you ever heard a word misused? What about the word awesome? Have you ever heard the word awesome misused? Yeah? No? I'm, I'm looking, sorry, I'm looking at the American couple in the room because it is a typical, you know, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, you know, totally awesome. No, the tur was it the turtles that said totally awesome, dude, or is it Bart Simpson? I'm close. But it, awesome. I remember Josh Hardigan, when he first spoke at Spin Mount, sharing how actually people use the word awesome wrongly. You know, let me give you an example. Hey, Ros, I've put the bins out, or oh, awesome. Is it really? Is it really, do you stand in awe? Ross probably would stand in awe if I put the bins out, in fairness. 
But is it really something that you go, oh, wow. Is it on a level with the Grand Canyon or Niagara Falls? No, it's rubbish. Oh, I, I, if I said to Joel, Joel, I've been and got us pizza. Awesome. That probably is to Joel on a level with Niagara Falls. But uh, awesome. We misuse it. We use it so badly and it loses its power. That name loses its power. What about legend? You know, what, you know I made you a coffee. Oh, you absolute legend. Really? Or, you know, oh, I've saved you a seat. Oh, you legend. It's crazy, isn't it? Absolutely bonkers. Surely somebody who's a legend will go down in history. You know, not somebody who's been and saved you a seat or made you a coffee. You know, although Ross, again, my wife might think being, making a coffee makes me a legend. Who knows? But legends surely were people who wrestled with bears, who destroyed, you know, monsters and, and, and things like that, or tyrants defeated. Not just someone who's remembered for bringing us a bag of crisps with a meal deal, you know. That's not a legend. Here, the word wonderful, we don't really use it a lot, do we? It sounds like a bit of an old-fashioned word. But maybe you've used it to describe a group of friends. Oh, they're wonderful. Or a nice meal. Oh, that was wonderful. Maybe you've used it in that context. But actually, the word wonderful in Hebrew is very unique. It was very unique. It was used to describe something that could only be an act of God. It was used as an expression and an explanation of something that could only have been done by God. It wasn't just that meal was wonderful. It was things like when the Red Sea was parted, something that was beyond human ability, when the Red Sea parted in front of them, they'd go, wow, that's wonderful. That could only have been God. That could only have been him. If you'd have been there when Elijah prayed and fire fell on Mount Carmel, you'd have gone, wow, that was wonderful. It doesn't sound strong enough to us, does it, to explain something like that. But wonderful literally meant only God could have done it. Only God could have achieved it. If you'd have seen Lazarus raised from the dead, you'd have gone, wow, wasn't that wonderful? <laughs> Again, it, sounds, it doesn't sound strong enough. But as far as Jesus is concerned, it's saying only God could have achieved it. Jesus is only what God could achieve because he's God's own son. Unto us a child is born, but a son is given. God's son given for us. Maybe it's a phrase that people use today. Maybe you'd say that is out of this world. Maybe that's a bit more extreme. Or maybe we need to go back to awesome <laughs> and legend. You know, the difficulty with legend is it becomes something that's twisted over time. Jesus isn't a fake. Jesus isn't something that's become a myth. Jesus was real. He walked this earth. There is more evidence for Jesus than there is for Julius Caesar. And actually, he goes down in history because he was the wonderful counsellor. He was the wonderful counsellor and he was almighty God. But we'll come to those next week. Only God could do this. That's what Isaiah wants us to understand. If we learn this verse and we say, for unto us a child is born and a son is given and he shall be called wonderful counsellor. He wants you to remember that wonderful is that only God could do this. Only God could achieve it. This child will be incredible. This child will be out of this world, unexplainable on human terms. This child will be nothing ordinary about him. He will be awesome. He will be incredible. He will be wonderful. We could stop there this morning. We could finish and go, wow, 
that's enough for me today, Johnny, to know that Jesus was wonderful, to know that it was only God that could have seen Jesus born the way he was. It was only God that could have brought Jesus into that place when it was promised 700 years and more before. All these prophecies in the Old Testament that say he's coming, describe where he's going to be born, describe where he's going to work, describe where he's going to come from, that match in Jesus because he's wonderful. It's only God can achieve it. We could stop there and say, well, Jesus is unlike any other person that has ever lived, full stop. He's the only one that is unexplainable in totality. We need to simply look to him and we need to simply live for him. If he's that wonderful, that is all we need to know. But Isaiah says, no, 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 there's more. It's a bit like Jimmy Cricket, those of you who are old enough Come here, come here, there's more. <laughs> That's a bad Irish accent. Apologies, anyone who, uh, sorry Naomi, do apologise. Now I've mentioned it, you'll go red, but you've got a mask, it's fine, it's okay. So, Jesus is unlike any person and we need to recognise the wonder of all he is, yeah? We could stop there, couldn't we? You're perhaps thinking some of you, I wish you would, Johnny, because then I can get home early, okay? But no, it's exciting, we've got good news. We've got to get excited about it. We can't sit in church and go, yes, bless you. We've got, Jesus is wonderful, yeah? Wow, yeah. Oh, give him a round of applause, absolutely. Some of you are sitting there going, I wish I could go to Niagara Falls. Or oh, I'd love to fly over the Grand Canyon in a helicopter. Who'd love to fly over the Grand Canyon in a helicopter? Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, who'd like to walk on the see-through thing they've built that goes across the Grand Canyon? No, 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 no. I'm not going there, scared of heights, that's fine. I could stop there. But who wants to meet Jesus? <laughs> Actually, if he's that wonderful, he's better than the Grand Canyon. He's better than Niagara. And not only that, he is the wonderful counsellor. There's more. There's more to who he is. So what does the counsellor mean? The son that will be given will be a wonderful counsellor. What does a counsellor mean? Well, a counsellor surely is someone who advises Somebody who's got wisdom, somebody who listens, somebody who's a guide, somebody who gives you direction, somebody who's an advocate, who will stand by you, who will shout your cause, who will, who will stand up for your rights, somebody who will plead your case. That is a counsellor, yeah? That is somebody who you go and see, somebody who will try and steer you out of the gloom and the darkness and somebody who will try and take you out of the crisis. Many people have counsellors today. Many people, there might be people in this room who have a counsellor who see somebody once a week maybe to talk through their problems, to talk through what they're going through. And actually there is a massive difference between the wonderful counsellor and a counsellor we could see in Barrow. Partly because the word wonderful makes a difference. Because it's only what God can do. Wonderful counsellor, here you go, with a normal counsellor, they have to ask you to know what you need. They have to say, what do you need? What's your problem? The wonderful counsellor already knows. Jesus already knows before you need to ask. He knows our past. He knows my past. That doesn't scare me because he's forgiven it. He knows the people who've hurt me. He knows the times where I've been hurt, where people have perhaps damaged me. But actually, he promises me a better future. And he promises me an eternity with all my scars healed. He promises those things. He knows my lost dreams and he knows your lost dreams. He knows everything you have ever experienced without you having to tell him. Surely that makes him a wonderful counsellor. 
He knows you're present. Have you ever said to anybody, you cannot imagine what I'm going through right now? Yeah? You ever said something similar? You just don't know what I'm going through. You just haven't got a clue where I am right now. Jesus knows. Not only does he know the past, he knows what you're going through right now. You don't have to tell him, but he wants you to. He knows your current pressure. He knows your current temptations and he knows your current worries. But not only that, there's more. He knows our future. And so he can help to guide us through the obstacles. He can help to guide us through the dark valleys. That's what he promises. He doesn't say he'll take them away, but he promises to walk them with us, to stand beside us. That's what a counsellor needs to do, not just once a week, but all the week. He'll walk it through us. He knows what we will face and he goes through it with us. Wow, isn't that wonderful? A counsellor in Barrow will hope they can help you. The wonderful counsellor knows he can help you. He knows he can help you because he knows. He was there at the beginning. You, what was the first line of what a wonderful name? You were there at the beginning. You were the word at the beginning. That's the one. <laughs> My memory for words is shocking. You were the word at the beginning. Jesus was there at the beginning. He knows everything that you need to be aware of. He knows that he can help you. How do I know? Well, people who've relied on him will tell you. I can tell you I can rely on Jesus. I've been through times in my life, and I don't know how some people get through life without him. But I know when with him, I can conquer and I can face things. Still hard, but I can face them. People who've never tried to rely on him are invited to come and rely. This morning, if you've never tried to rely on Jesus, start. Because he's a wonderful counsellor. He's a wonderful counsellor and he does exactly what it says on the tin. Those who've turned away from him ultimately will regret their decision. With the wonderful counsellor, he's always available. In Barrow, you'd have to get on a waiting list. You'd have to make an appointment. The wonderful counsellor is available 24-7. He doesn't say, you have to wait to see me. He says, come now. Come now. All who are heavy burdened, all those who are weary, all those who are tired, all those who are struggling, come to me and I will give you rest. I will take your burdens. With a counsellor in Barrow, there'll be a cost for his time. Josh Hardingham is a, is a qualified and trained counsellor. If anyone needs to speak to anyone, he's doing things online. And I know that he, he'll be a great listener. He was one of our young people. But actually you'd still have to pay for him. <laughs> he'd probably do us a deal, you know, mate's rates, but actually you'd still have to pay for him. The wonderful counsellor has already paid the price. The wonderful counsellor says, come to me, I've paid what you need. I died on a cross so you could be forgiven. I died on a cross so you could have life. I died on that cross so you could move forwards. Jesus was clearly wonderful, wouldn't you agree? Because he did all these things. But thousands of people wanted to hear his words of wisdom. Thousands of people. Many people were willing to leave behind their old life because they saw something that was wonderful, that only God could explain. Psalm 33 verse 11 says this, The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The thoughts of his heart to all generations. God's word is our counselor too. 
Psalm, Psalm 1 verses 1 to 2 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his Lord day and night. Let me ask us a question today. Who are we walking with? As we go through this journey of life, who are we walking with? Who are we standing with? Because whoever we walk with, we'll eventually stand with and eventually we'll settle and sit with. Isn't it better to walk with the wonderful counsellor and to settle with him as we lay our heads down at night to settle with the wonderful counsellor? Or are we content with the wisdom of the world? Or maybe we're even content with just ourselves, what we know. I'm all right, Jack. I'll just get through life with my own thoughts without seeking any wisdom. Jesus says, come. I am the wonderful counsellor. A counsellor is someone who tries to resolve the issues of the past and the present. Well, Jesus has already dealt with our past and he's working in our present so we can have a future. What made Jesus a wonderful counsellor? He was approachable. He was friendly. He was a good listener. He didn't condemn people stuck in their problem. He didn't write them off. He didn't say, leave me alone. He connected with each person personally. He connected to them because he loved them and he, he empathised with them. He wept with those that mourned and he was compassionate and gracious. He offered truth that set people free. That's a good counsellor, isn't it? That's a wonderful counsellor. All amazing qualities that a counsellor should have. Jesus has the right diagnosis for you and for me. And he has the right treatment plan too doesn't mean to say we shouldn't seek earthly counsel. There's a verse in Proverbs that says many counsellors can be valuable. But the important thing is that we have the wonderful counsellor at the top of our list. We have the wonderful one. Jesus said this in John chapter 14, verses 15 to 18. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate or counsellor to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Do you know, Jesus promised that after he left, there would be another counsellor, another one that would be with us in a tangible way. His spirit in us to help, to never leave us, that's some counsellor as well, isn't it? Because it's God in three persons, Father, Son and Spirit. The wonderful counsellor. The other meaning of the word counsellor, I'm going to say these words because it gives you hope as I come to finish, okay? So it gives you a bit of hope, I'm nearly there, okay? I know it's cold in here, but hey. The other meaning of the word counsellor is advocate. What is an advocate? Well, it's the image of a solicitor in court. I don't know if you've ever been to court, you know, maybe Simon Chad, have you, ever, have you ever done anything dodgy? You know? Maybe you've had the advocate who stands there and says and pleads your case to the judge. In 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, it's written, My dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. Who is the advocate? The wonderful counsellor. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of the whole world. And we can be sure that we know him 
if we obey his commandments. If someone claims I know God but doesn't obey God's commandments, then that person is a liar and not living in the truth. Jesus Christ is truly a wonderful counsellor. He does exactly what it says on the tin. He pleads our case. It keeps its promise and he's honest. And this morning can offer you hope in the darkness. I want to finish with a story. I'm not convinced. Well, I'm not convinced. I'm not sure if it's completely true, but it shows you what a counsellor or an advocate is. So even if it's not true, it shows you what Jesus does for you. I want to stress that. It may well be true. It's written in several places, so it may well be, but it doesn't make it. Check it out. But the story is told in America of a soldier who served in the Union Army during the Civil War. He was a young man, and he lost his older brother and his father. As a result, his mum sent him a letter pleading with him to come home and help her and his sister run their farm, as he couldn't manage. Couldn't manage. He was granted a furlough and went to Washington, D.C. to plead his case with the president, Abraham Lincoln. When he arrived at the White House, he asked to see the president and was told in no uncertain terms, you cannot see the president. He is a very busy man. Don't you know there's a war on? Now go away. He went away disheartened to a nearby park and sat on a bench. He tried to figure out what he could possibly say to his mother, what he could possibly say to his sister, that he couldn't come and help them, that he'd tried but failed. He couldn't get access to the main man. He couldn't get access to the president. And as he tried to figure it out, a young boy walked up to him and said, Soldier, you look unhappy. What's wrong? The soldier looked up and spilt his heart out to this little boy, telling him all about his father dying, his brother dying, and his mother being unable to cope, and how he just wasn't going to be able to do anything, and how helpless he felt. The little boy grabbed his hand and started to drag him through the park. He took him around the back of the White House. They walked through the back door, past the guards, past all the generals and high-ranking officials, walked all the way up to the president's office. Didn't knock on the door, just turned the knob, walked straight in. There was the president with his chief of staff and secretary of state, looking over battle plans on his desk. Abraham Lincoln looked up and said, what can I do for you, Tad? And Tad said, Daddy, this soldier needs to talk to you. And right there and then, the soldier had the ear of the president. Why? because the son had been his advocate. The son was the one who was able to get him to the place he needed to be. Isn't that a picture of Jesus? The son is the one who is able to get us into the presence of God. It's through Jesus. When you pray, it's Jesus that hears and he stands in heaven advocating for you. Wonderful counsellor, the one who was born as a baby the one who was given as a son. This Christmas, as we unwrap the gifts, remember that present. It was a baby that was born, but it was a son of God that was given. And it's through the son we can see and hear and have the ear of God. So who are we seeking for counsel? Who are we going to for wisdom? Who are we following to guide us through the darkness? Who are we wanting to go with? 
Will it be the wonder of a counsellor? This morning, that's the choice. Because Jesus does exactly what it says on the tin. He will be your wonderful counsellor. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that Jesus was born as a baby. But I thank you that you gave him for us. That you were the one who was involved and it could only have happened with your power. That it was something that was wonderful. And Father, I pray this morning for each one of us that we will take wise counsel. But Father God, that we will follow the wonderful counsellor the wonder of a counsellor, the one who listens, the one who seeks us, the one who advocates for us, the one who champions us, the one who walks beside us, the one who will take us through the darkness to the place where we can see light. Father, I pray for each person that as they've heard your word, I pray, Lord, that we will just come to know the awesomeness of Jesus, the wonder of his nature, And Father God, help us to recognise that although it's a very child-friendly time of year, help us to recognise that it wasn't friendly for the child that was born. And actually, help us to recognise that it's not just about the lights, but it's about something that only God could do. Simply having a wonderful time of year. Father God, I pray, Lord, that we will know what a wonderful time of year is as we follow the Son of God, Jesus Christ. In your name, amen.